Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life, with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Brenda Neckbottle. I am your host of the Best Practices in Human Resource podcast and I really want to take a moment to thank you so much for joining me today. If this is the first time that you have come across the show uh, as you're searching around for Answers to your questions on human resources. This is I'm I'm glad you guys are here. This is going to be a great show, um, r- really epic interview coming up. And to those of you who continue to join me on this wild ride, I just want to take a moment and say thank you so very much. I really do appreciate it, and I'm excited to have everybody here. So today in the studio we have Lola, the veteran comfort dog, who usually tends to want to find the most appropriate time to chime in and then her lovable assistant champ the lovable wonder dog but most importantly today we are going to be talking about employment law changes across the nation we've got some HR questions from a young entrepreneur this is um, one of three non-connected segments that we were dealing with Um, Dallas DeVos is going to be joining us we've got some announcements and some resources for you guys as well And before we really get into it, folks, I want to just remind you that the information that is available through this podcast is for informational purposes only and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respect to any particular issue. And if you do not have an employment attorney, please feel free to go ahead and reach out to me and I may be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program and our friends over at Jackson Lewis. All right, so today, employment law changes across the nation. Um, For government contractors, the OFCCP is proposing a new rule to ensure um, religious employers are now being protected as well. So is religious going to be exempt or not exempt for federal contractors? Stay tuned. More information coming out on that through uh, the OFCCP. So um, it's a proposed rule. It'll be interesting to see what this comes of it but I just wanted to put that on your radar and then also beginning in 2020 this is a benefits thing that we don't really talk a lot about benefits but when it does pop up I definitely want to put it on y'all radar on y'all's radar employers may be reimbursed uh, for health insurance premium as an alternative to traditional group health plans these types of things are going to be subject to several different types of requirements. Um, again, just keep your eyes open. Talk to your uh, broker because they'll be able to definitely be able to shepherd you much better than I can. They've been in process training on this. I spoke to one recently and they are just up to their eyes and learning about this new opportunity. Um, <clears throat> other things that have taken on. So there a while ago we had some discussion around uh, 
FLSA, Fair Labor Standards Act, and white collar overtime exemptions, well the Fifth Circuit Court confirms that a day rate can actually meet the salary requirements under Fair Labor Standards. So definitely take a, a look into that if you guys have individuals that are falling under the white collar overtime exemptions. Um, that's some pretty good information. The IRS has released a second draft of the redesigned 2020 W-4 form and new withholding instructions. So bear in mind that we've got a new tax form that's coming out. Anytime anything changes, <laughs> there's always a ton of questions. But understand <clears throat> that just because a new W-4 form is released doesn't mean that as employers you guys should be giving advice on how to complete this. So there are instructions that will be able to, you can provide your employees. You don't, I don't believe you have to go through and, and have every employee complete one. Um, but you know what? There's still information to coming down from this. So we don't know. That last comment may, may or may not happen. But um, I'm actually attending some training on this uh, coming up soon. Guarantee this is going to come up again. So uh, more information I find out about it will definitely let you guys know as well. Um, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Agency has now also proposed changes to the hours of service rules for truck drivers. So those of you who are listening in and are working with logistics and transportation, <clears throat> there are already provisions in place that require uh, drivers to have a certain amount of rest time. They can only be on the road. Looks like there may be some changes coming down the road, no pun intended, on that as well. So <clears throat> stay tuned. Over in San Francisco, um, employers may have to pay more in paid parental leave benefits starting in 2020. So sounds like that there could be some changes still coming out from this. So if you're in San Francisco, keep your eyes open for that. And Illinois has expanded the State Human Rights Act to include uh, employers with one or more employees. So uh, if you're a micro-organization, which the way I define micro is anywhere between like one to five getting kind of closer to, well, more or less five um, employees. You guys are going to definitely want to look into what is going on over in Illinois. And finally, <clears throat> Oregon uh, State, the governor has signed a paid family and medical leave law. So that means that there are some provisions um, that are required in addition to above and beyond um, that are state specific that ex don't necessarily exclude, but they're extended to uh, traditional FMLA. So if you're in those areas, definitely, definitely, definitely check out what is going on in your neck of the woods. All right, so we're back, and I am excited to introduce to you a gentleman. Um, he's, he's pretty awesome. He's a very young entrepreneur. This is his first year in business, and I get to have the privilege of working with him on a regular basis, talking to him about his HR needs. And um, I'm very impressed with Dallas. He's an incredible deep thinker and critical thinker when it comes to business. And so you're going to learn a little bit about him. But this is a second interview as part of a uh, non-connected series we did. Now, Elaine DeVos um, was on our show a little while ago as the business office manager for this particular company. Dallas is the founder and the owner of the organization. <clears throat> and uh, it's a great family-run business. So today you guys get to hear questions from 
what a young entrepreneur is interested in, but he's come up with some really great ones that apply to businesses as a whole. So, um, so I don't want to delay it because it's a it's a great interview. You guys are going to really enjoy it. There's some really fantastic information out there and some good spins on on some interesting topics. So and we have a little bit of fun towards the end. But anyway, so without further ado, I'm we're going to get right to it. All right, so we have a fun guest on the line with us today. Uh, folks, I would like to introduce you to one of the most young, ambitious clients I have that's <laughs> out there right now. He's an awesome guy. He's a load of fun to work with. He's I love his spirit. And um, this is the episode, one of a three-part episode, where we get to talk to different types of leaders and people that are administering the HR arm in uh, a variety of companies. So welcome, Dallas. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well tonight. You know, good. It's, it's a great night. It's been a beautiful day. So. Well, that's good because that means you've been busy. <laughs> yes, it's been a crazy one today. That's right. So if you guys recall, um, Dallas's office manager, uh, Elaine DeVost, actually was on a few episodes ago, and she brought some pretty awesome questions to the table. But Dallas is also really good at asking some in-depth questions. And, and I'm always impressed with him because for somebody who's been in business for a short period of time, he really asks phenomenal questions, and they're usually followed up with the, well, that's stupid. How come people don't do this? <laughs> Every time I answer him. <laughs> so he's a lot of fun. <clears throat> and I wouldn't be surprised if I get one of those. I'm like, well, that's stupid. I don't see why we don't do this. You know? so <laughs> and then I always get a kick out of it. It's just fantastic. So. So before we go off, Dallas, why don't you kind of share a little bit about you, how you got started, what it is that you do, and uh, what you, you know, what directions you guys are going, and it'd be great. Absolutely. So first of all, I'm going to start. I'm Dallas DeVos. I'm 21 years old, um, <laughs> and I'm in Virginia Beach. We're out here, and I own a lawn care landscaping company that I started uh, a year ago, August 10th, actually. Wow. Um, Happy anniversary. And, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So. Um, our company, I have two um, employees right now. I have a full-time and I have a part-time. My full-time is actually my father, um, who I took out of his full-time job uh, just in April. And that was a huge accomplishment for me and the company and everything. Being I'm 21, I'm able to get to have my dad work for me. My mom works as my office manager. So we are a family business. But um, how I got into the lawn care and landscaping industry actually was I'm um, originally from New York State, um, and I just moved down here about two years ago, and I actually worked in the construction industry um, running heavy equipment, such as skid steers and backhoes and excavators, um, and I started working for the union, and um, we ended up parting our ways with the union, and then I got into landscaping and uh, doing flowers and different things like that, and I really fell in love with uh, doing lawn care and landscaping, such as cutting grass. I've done it since I was a kid, so being able to really get into it and um, go full-fledged with owning my own company at 21 years old has been just absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's just a blessing every single day to be able to wake up and own my own business and get to do what I can do best. 
do it well yeah and you really love what you do too yeah so. right and that's the yeah. biggest thing i think for everybody is being happy is doing what you love to do not what um you like just do what your passion is is the biggest thing is like whatever right. you're passionate about that's what's going to make you the happiest in life yep so. Absolutely. And what's really funny about Dallas, and I, and this is what I love about him, because I'll hear from other people that um, they'll be like, you know, Dallas said something, you know, we were having a conversation about that. And all of a sudden they'll say, that's not what my HR lady said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's all the time, you know. I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I just take it with passion, everything. I mean, I, the whole reason that I have people behind me with different experiences is to listen to what they tell me. And I mean, I'm still young, so all this extra experience around me is absolutely just amazing that I have the connections I do and being able to work like with you with HR. I mean, um, you just know so much about the spectrum of HR that if I ever have any issues, I can just call you right away. And it's like, I got the answer. So I know when I hear something, I'm just like, what are you saying? That's so I go based off what I hear and I know from the professionals. And that's why. I mean, I, I'm mm-hmm. just trying to build the business as big as we can get it. <laughs> yep, and I have no doubt you're going to be a raging success, and I'm I'm just excited to watch you do it along the way. So I'm excited to have everyone behind us as well because it's all just a team. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Okay, so, so what we're going to do today, kind of like what we did with Elaine, <clears throat> is that you're going to throw some questions out at me. We haven't had a chance to talk about any of these. Um, and this will give you an opportunity to kind of go deep and go wide on things that, you know, that you bump into and run into, because I know you, you percolate for a little bit and then you reach out and then you ask these questions, but you always ask really great questions. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to put you on the show, because if you're asking me the question, I guarantee you that other people have very similar questions as well. And you also get very creative. So, <laughs> so I know I'm going to be challenged <laughs> whatever you're going to face at me, and I love it. So bring it. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I, do, I do have some questions for you for sure that I've been thinking about. Um, okay. One of my biggest questions is, you know, I'm around houses all the time in my industry. And one of my biggest thing is, like, what is my liability if an employee of mine happens to steal something from a customer's house? Like, mm, what can yeah. I do about that? You know, is it an insurance claim? What do I have to do in order to approach that the right way? So, and that's, that is a good question. And, and there's a lot of variables that are going to go into this. So, if it's probably the most... Probably the most vulnerable area would be the folk with the people's garage. And, you know, bear in mind, first and foremost, that if you're hopefully if some God forbid, man, if something ever like that were to happen, that your customers are going to come and talk to you about it first. Absolutely. And, you know, let's let's hope that that happens. So they got one or two choices. They can talk to you about it first or they can just call the cops and then it's really going to be a nightmare to sort it out. Right. So if they call you about it first and let's say, for example, some kid's BMX bike was stolen. All right. Well, that because that, that's an easy thing to lift <clears throat> a child's bike. Right. And so um, if the bike is stolen because somebody has figured out a pattern of the family, they leave the garage door open or they leave their valuables, you know, exposed. And unfortunately, you know, sticky finger employees do exist. But let's say, for example, you do have an employee in the future that takes something 
And, you know, the first thing that you're going to have to do is you're going to have to investigate it. And hopefully you, we will do that in conjunction together and I'll teach you how to do it. But you have to, you know, talk to the people that were working at the site. And if they ante up and they say, yes, in fact, you know, I did take it, um, which does happen, believe it or not, <clears throat> then, you know, that keeps things a little bit cut and dry. You make arrangements to get the property back and then the employee no longer is, you know, at that house again, either because you're not putting them on or you've released them and knowing you, you will probably release them <laughs> so, quite quickly. You'll promote them to customer. And right. so, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but here's the other thing. If somebody says, no, man, I didn't take it. And, you know, look, with technology, people have got cameras up all around the house. Absolutely, all the time. Exactly. I have them in my house, too. And so, um, you know, exactly for this reason. And so if it turns out that, yes, in fact, somebody's, you know, property was stolen and you got video evidence behind it, um, you know, there's a lot of steps that will go into place on, you know, getting, you know, your possession of that. But, um, like I said, there's a lot of variables. So if they don't approach you on it and then they, you know, send this over to the police, then there's really not a whole heck of a lot you're going to be able to do if the police come and arrest your employee. You know, we'll have to cross that bridge if and when it gets there. But hopefully the, you know, the customer's, you know, willing to talk to you about it and just say, hey, listen, all we want is the bike back and we don't want the person on the property anymore. Easy Absolutely. day, right? Absolutely. So, you know, from you've got a customer, you got a customer relations issue going on. You've got a theft and integrity issue going on. And the question is, is if somebody steals something from a, a customer's property, what have they stolen from you? <laughs> or right. what have they stolen yeah. from somebody else? And it's going it, to, it's a big question mark. So, you know, as you continue to get bigger, because I know right now you're not in a, in a place to hire as we, you know, as we're getting towards the end of the season, you'll have some small project work to do. But, right. you know, next year as you ramp up, you know, we may want to look at putting background screening in place. So that way you can see if somebody's background, um, you know, has any type of larceny in it or theft. And if it does, then, you know, you're going to have to take that into consideration. So, you know, prevention it goes a long way. Now, let's say, for example, <clears throat> it's somebody that, let's say, for example, it's winter. And one, and you, you know, you had a seasonal employee who left and that employee goes over to that person's house because they spent enough time casing the joint while they were working for you, but they're no longer employed. Do you have any skin in the game? And the answer is no. Right. Not at that point. They're, if they're no longer employed with your company and they're acting independently, <clears throat> you may have a customer relations issue. You may lose the account because, you know, why would they want to work with a company when that company, you know, had a, you know, brought a person yeah. that fortunately stole? But, you know, you guys, you guys have a lot of integrity in what you do and you take care of your customers. So probably I don't see that really happening. Um, if it's something even more significant where the, where the employee enters the home, um, you know, yeah, it's going to get a lot more serious. And if they steal something of significant value, do you file a liability claim or something? So at some point in time, that means we're going to have to get legal counsel involved and get some guidance from legal counsel. And that'll probably come from the, you know, an employment attorney. And, sure. uh, you know, uh, because, you know, you got to deal with the employment side of it, but you got to look at the liability. And if it's something to where you can get the property back <clears throat> to the uh, to the owners, 
um, them more power to you if you can't and if you don't have anything written in your business and your service contracts about uh, no fault or risk and liability then you know it may require you opening a claim with your uh, liability insurance hmm, that's really I mean that's good to know just being that um, you know just it, it has not ever happened in our um, well in my business and I hope that I foresee it not happening just because right. I feel like our picks as we are being able to do the interviewing and everything you know and giving people chances I think we really put um, the way I run my business is you know I'm teaching the reason I do my business is I teach every single person that comes onto my team how to end up building their own business is my biggest right. thing because you know I treat them exactly how I wanted to be treated when I was in the field cutting lawns at another mm -hmm. company and what I saw happen inside of the other companies so i my biggest thing with my company is hiring people that are dedicated and people that really want to learn is my biggest right. thing and if you're willing to learn and if you are willing to um, put in the time of being there i will teach you how to create a successful business and that doesn't bother me because in the end game in my industry everyone is looking to start their own business because it's a big um upcoming of uh business just being mm -hmm. lawn care everybody needs it so yep. my biggest thing is just teaching people as much as I can. And so I really hope, pray that I don't foresee that ever coming, having to make an, um, or have an employee steal something. I hope that we're able to choose better than that, you know, but you never know, like you said, is you never know what could happen. So, yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been fooled on interviews before and oh, just um, any, any employer has at any point in time. Absolutely. So, I mean, there are people that are really good at interviewing. Absolutely. And they show up, it's like, oh, my God, who right. are you? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, people are able to hold a good poker face oh, sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, awesome. It gets no, that crazy. was a good one. Yeah, that was a good awesome. one. That was a real good one. Awesome. Awesome. Um, all I do have another question. Okay. If we're ready. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm ready when you are. Alrighty. So we're going to go. Um, in my industry, I have chances to hire skilled laborers from other countries. Mm, what are okay. my responsibilities if the, um, the information they gave me on the I-9 is false? Got it. So excellent question. And there's a lot of sensitivity in the nation on this right now. Um, you probably heard of the largest ice raid that took place a little while ago. It's like over 600 employees. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so when employers fill out the I-9 form correctly, um, and they do everything that they're supposed to, they fill it out within the specific time frame. They physically look at and inspect the documents that the employee has provided. So long as you guys do that. And you can attest that, yes, these are the documents that I was given. I don't want to use the word safe harbor, but that's kind of what it is. Okay. The government doesn't expect employers to, employers to be subject matter experts on fake documents, unless it's written in crayon, right? right. <laughs> you got to, you know, here's a, here's a Crayola picture of my driver's license on an eight and a half by 11, you know, doesn't work that way. <laughs> so... You know, as long as the employer is doing everything that they are supposed to, 
And it, it turns out that somebody's provided false information on an I-9, then, you know, there's some there's conversation that needs to happen around that. Um, I know it sounds kind of silly because, and I know you, you're going to say, well, that's stupid. I don't understand why we just don't fire them. <laughs> but the thing is, is that could you be up against some Title VII risk and kind of depends on the history that you have with the employee, right? So, so what is Title VII risk? Good question. So Title VII is the civil rights. So that's where you can't discriminate against religion, oh, okay. Okay. age, national yeah. origin, right? Right, right. So depending upon the history of what the what is going on in the workplace with the employee, could you have an employee that you like terminate because they are not eligible to continue working or not authorized, excuse me, I use eligible. It's like so old school, <laughs> not authorized to work in the U.S. And then once you've, once you've you know, discovered that for however you went about it, um, uh, after you've completed the I-9 and done all the steps, you, you know, if you need to release that person, which you probably should, right. are you potentially up against, you know, an, an EEOC charge? Well, maybe. It kind of depends on the history, right? If it's a stellar employee and the person's never been treated with any, um, you know, has never been treated differently than anybody else, then the likelihood is probably not. Right. Um, in the state of Virginia, this is a very employer-friendly state. And so, um, you know, if somebody is saying, well, they terminated me because I'm whatever, you know, per right. purple polka dotted and pinstripe, <laughs> whatever, whatever nationality that they're calling out. But yet, you know, you work with your employment attorney with a position statement that says, you know, such and such was released because, you know, it has been discovered that they are, in fact, not authorized to work in the United States. And in addition to that, they provide false documentation. Um, the likelihood of, of having to confront something like that is a no, but in, in bigger organizations where people tend to fall through the cracks, uh, there could be. And in the way this country is starting to address very highly emotionally charged uh, immigration challenges, um, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me at some point in time that we see a civil rights case coming up for somebody who's not authorized to work in the U.S. So um, if it was about 10 years ago, I'd say no. But I think in today's environment, and, and we don't discuss politics on the show, on either show, actually, um, but that is that is a possibility at some point if this if this doesn't start to temper itself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think anybody at this point in, in, in day in life can pretty much say and do whatever they want, and then it's just big process to get down to the heart of the matter right i think absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Our, i think our integrity in this country is a little soft <laughs> yeah I, I absolutely would agree that yeah. I mean, uh, and with all the technology nowadays and everything it's just so easy to i mean you know totally yeah. easy <laughs> yeah i agree yeah. technology yeah. is just so high advanced that yeah no exactly <laughs> so that's a good question oh you know what before we go on though so I do want to give you a heads up on some of the ways that people could find out that their employee is not authorized to work in the United States. So rumor mill, 
I, I have actually come across situations, not in this particular, but employee-related situations or like challenges and problems through the rumor mill that I've been forced to investigate as a result of that. Oh. So rumor mills one. <clears throat> um, if you get an ICE uh, letter uh, that indicates that they are requiring your documents to take a look at, and in this industry, in home care, lawn care, construction, it's not uncommon that these businesses are targeted, especially if you decide to go into government contracting. Right. So you could get an inspection right. letter from us, right? And um, you know, and and the other thing is, and we don't have it in. We're, we're not required to do it in the state. It's we can use it if we wanted to, but we're not required, and it may not be a bad idea. Um, it's called E-Verify, and E-Verify is a digital format of verifying employment so or not employment excuse me authorization to work in the u.s government contractors are required to do this certain states are required uh, to do this but that's only at the state level and in virginia they don't require us to do this so let's say for example we, you guys do your elaine does an i9 right and then right. she jumps over to e-verify so you guys sign up for the service she takes the training and then you process that person's information into the Department of Homeland Security's database, which is what this is, and it comes back with a verification that this person is eligible to work in the U.S. If it turns out that they're not, yeah, so it turns out that there isn't, that they are not, or they come back as flagged, there's a series of steps that the employee or potential employee is required to take in order to resolve the situation. So that could be one more step that you could voluntarily do. But again, it's one of those situations where you do it for one, you do it for all. So, so why isn't that, why doesn't everybody do that for real? I mean, I mean why doesn't everyone just use that to make sure it's real? I mean, yeah, I know it's, it's not, not mandated. It's not mandated, and so the federal, so the so the federal government brought it out specifically for government contracting, because you're dealing with national security most of the time, right? right, right. And I mean, it's not only in federal contracting because there's a lot of other different types of contracts that exist out there. But if a good chunk of the contracts are dealing with, you know, security of some some kind, and they don't necessarily, employees don't necessarily go overseas. I mean, around here, we've got new, you know, we got the Newport News. We have the, the shipbuilding right. areas down here. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that's going on to a new ship or one that's being retrofitted or being refueled or, I mean, they're even just building scaffolding around a submarine. You know, it, you're dealing with national security, right? right. It may not, I mean, just they're a pipe fitter and they just need to know what tube goes into what, but even still. Well, that's, so, what I, that's what we had to go through when I was working on the shipyard for um, right, exactly. construction. I mean, just because yep. we were going into the high-level areas in the bases that, right. I mean, so, no cell phones, nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. And so certain states have designated E-Verify as a way of helping the state deal with immigration challenges. Of, of specific to this nature right but but the state can make the determination it's not required but if you're a government contractor it is required at the federal level i think it's brilliant I think it is brilliant. everybody Smart. should do it <laughs> and it's and it's so easy see this right. is one of those moments see you almost did you're like i don't understand why that's stupid i don't understand why anybody doesn't do this <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying this is brilliant yeah, why wouldn't everybody be doing this to make yeah. sure that they don't have to go through any of the troubles of if someone is not eligible well it's it, 
it and authorized. I gotta oh, get you. I gotta get, see. Authorized. I know I've trained you poorly now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's authorized, <laughs> authorized, authorized. So, um, but it's really simple. It doesn't cost anybody anything. It takes a matter of seconds, literally, to get confirmation back. And those that have gone through the appropriate processes to get the required working visas and you know work authorization documents and they even you know have pictures of people attached so you yeah. know it's, you actually match it visually so absolutely because there's a picture yeah. of them and everything just like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's one more step where you can mitigate that risk if you wanted to do it i'm up for it i have a feeling that's on our to-do list yeah now. yeah, yeah. That's, that's being added because that's that's just brilliant <laughs> that just takes one step out of yeah uh, I mean, just, I mean, why not make your life easier if just in case, you know, not saying that it's going to ever happen, but it could. And it's, it, I'm guarantee you it has. Yeah, I guarantee it I'm has. I guarantee that has too, right around our area. I'm sure, yeah. You know? so, and you know, everywhere, the thing is, anywhere. Yeah. And you know what? You and I mean, our families, we're from, you know, we're, we're Yankees, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, we're not far from, we're not far from Canada, you know? Right. And Canadians are not much different than Americans up north. Right. You know, so you can you have somebody that's a Canadian sneak over the line and come in and work in the U.S.? Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you be able to tell the difference? Not unless they had a French accent. It's it. They're very close. So, right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, so it's it's not it's not just about foreign nationals of a different ethnic background. Um, it can be Caucasians as well. Everybody, anybody. I mean, just to yeah. make sure that everyone's able, eligible to work. Absolutely. Eligible, authorized. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's, that's no. I I think that's amazing, and that should be our to do list for sure. I know. Now you're all excited. Now you run. Yeah. Now, now I know you want to like run everybody. Like you want to put your dad through it just to see what it would do. Yeah. <laughs> make sure he can work for me. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean you're not legal? (laughs) 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 Okay, so what's your next question? All right, my next question is, so what happens if I do grow my business too big and we need to scale back on some employees or whatever we got to scale back on? What kind of risk do I take in that action? Okay. So I think when you're when you're looking at and we've we've kind of talked about this this past spring that when you're looking at growing your company, you're going to want to start to forecast your business and really start to examine your cash flow and, and plot out your cash flow. Right. Absolutely. So if, if you know, in June, let's say, for example, and I know you guys because you're already about like you're already getting orders six months ahead of time. So if you Are know. You? Yeah. All right. So uh, if you know that come here we, you know, in January, that in June, your cash flow is going to be increasing by 30% because you guys have opened opportunity to get more business and you know you're going to need to hire for it. Then you need to sit down and plan appropriately. Okay, so do I do I need to bring in a full-time person, like a permanent full-time person, or how many how many full to part-time seasonal positions do I need available, right? So some of it comes with the planning piece of it. Now, you know, everywhere you turn, somebody is predicting the next recession. And to some extent, yes, that's going to happen. It probably, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as everybody says it is because, you know, everybody likes to inflate bad news. But 
you know, look, look, what goes up must come down at some point. And so we probably are going to see a, a slowdown in, in gross domestic uh, growth in our country. We're probably going to start to see an economic, you know, backslide a little bit. You know, the housing market is really showing the country, in my opinion, what our next bubble is. Right. Because everybody's buying homes, but it's not a subprime issue like we had before, right? Back in right. 2008. Right. But it's definitely, I think that's our, one of our next bubbles. I just don't know exactly what it looks like. I just know everybody's buying homes and finance. Yeah, exactly. So I want to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, we want to be we want to be very mindful that you know, as business owners, that some point in time, this is what we're seeing today is going to not be there. So. How is that going to How is that going to affect your cash flow? How is that going to affect your ability to land contracts? You're going to have to work a little harder to get them. You're right. People need lawn care, but you know what? People that look in the long haul would be okay going out if they have to cut expenses, going out getting used lawnmower and sweat equity out in the yard by themselves and hating every minute of it, versus paying out every week. Because they just may not have the cash flow themselves, right? So those things are going to happen. <clears throat> so it's going to be about being able to forecast what is potentially coming your way, both good and bad. So if the factors are, if the indicators are there that are starting to show that business is going to, you know, fall back, then being conservative about hiring is very smart. But if it looks like we're ramping up for a hell of another summer next year, then, you know, if that's, it, it's always a risk, whatever you do, um, you know, go for it. But always have a fallback plan that if you have to rein in things, you know, you start with your part-time employees and then you, then you work towards your full-time employees, right? Right. So, and another question I have to piggyback off this is for part-time seasonal, when mm -hmm. do they start counting them as like a full-time? Like how many hours can I, can you legally work? A part-timer before you have to turn them into a full-time saying that they're a full-time employee <clears throat> oh well there's really no definitive line in the sand on this one this is okay. this is this is in the areas of multiple shades of gray but right. um when the courts rule um on anything and in under employment law specifically they rule on what a reasonable person will do right what's reasonable right and if you can if the Department of Labor can reasonably prove that an employer has a quote-unquote part-time employee who has been working 40-hour work weeks for three months, four months, five months, right. then they're really starting. It looks like a duck, sounds like a duck. It's probably a full-time employee. Looking like a full-time, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. But if it's an intermittent thing to where you have like one week they're working 20 hours and then next week they're working 35 and then they do another 35, but then they drop back down to 15 and then, you know, they're doing 20, they're doing 20 and then they do 40 because they were helping to fill in and then they're back down to 30 and then they're back down to 12. You know, there's right. no consistency there, right? Right, right. Right. Um it also depends on what your definition of a full-time employee is, which, you know, we've already done. It's in the handbook. Right. Um, and yes, folks, 
for a company of only three employees, they have a company handbook. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's in writing, and they use it, too, which is really great. So it depends on what your definition of a full-time employee is, and it depends on how wow. long a, a part-time employee is working those full-time hours. So, yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, so it's just it's something to be mindful of. You can't keep a full-time employee at 40 hours a week without eventually calling them a full-time employee. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just wondering because my biggest thing was there is like if how you said the difference in weeks, if it's a different um, hours that they're working, because some weeks, you know, you need someone more time, whatever. I just didn't know yeah. if it was crossing or crossing the line of being a full time. If they hit 40 hours one week then the next week, they don't they only hit like 30 yep. or 20. You know, is that still OK? So since that yeah. is fine, I mean, that's just good to know, which is, you know, why. Yeah. We're doing this and, so I can get questions answered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, look at this year. So this year, believe it or not, I'm actually going to say this. This is the year for El Nino, right? And what happens during years of El Nino? I'm not sure. <laughs> we get a lot of rain. Oh, yeah. We've had crazy rain this year. Exactly. That's for sure. So look. Right. So look at the wrap. Look at how things are. I mean, we've got these beautiful crepe myrtle trees. And I was thinking about this tonight. I'm like, it's all it's the last week in August. And I have lived in this state for 14 years. And I honestly cannot remember. So even the time that I lived out here in, in the Hampton Roads area, I, I cannot remember a time when these trees have been in bloom all season long. Yeah. And that's all just because of the rain. Right. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> exactly. But you know what that means for you? Yep. <laughs> Grass grows. So oh. conversely, when we have La Nina, which is the opposite of El Nino, you're going to get a drier season. Well, right. grass doesn't grow very much. Let's face it. I mean, it just it won't grow as fast. I mean, I went last year, I went like three weeks without having to cut my lawn because we didn't have any rain. Yeah, Please like you wouldn't believe, but we had we didn't. We hardly had any rain. I mean, my, uh, my poor yard guy was just like, can I do something? You know, I'm like, I have no grass growing right now. Yeah, that's how we were all feeling. We're all like, we yeah. don't know what to do because we just kind of cut nothing for, like you said, three weeks. Now I'm cutting every seven days or yeah. some people five or six just because it's yeah. grown so fast. It's going crazy. Right. Exactly. It so muddy. That's muddy. Exactly. So, so, you know, you have to look at all of your conditions that impact your business. Absolutely. And so, you know, when you get to a point where you have a much larger staff, if you have a La Nina situation and you have to scale back, when you have more employees, you're really going to have to critically take a look and, you know, you don't have to worry about this now, but you're going to have to really critically take a look that if you have to do a reduction in force, what does that mean? And I know eventually you might want to go into government contracting. Well, that's really going to kick in if you pick up a government contract and all of a sudden you get a cease and desist or we have another sequestration, which means that the government cuts back on contracts right. and puts a stop to the existing ones because they have to cut on government spending. Um, you know, what happens when you have a workforce and all of a sudden you have to lay off 15 people? Right. And how do you do that? You know? And people very upset. Exactly. You have to lay off 15 people yeah. because they're serving as subs on a contract, yeah. but you also may have, you know, 30 other people that are serving on a prime. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and they won't, I mean, they kind of will know the difference, but 
you know what I mean? It's just like, what happens if you don't have to let all 30 people go? What happens if you only have to let 10 go? Yeah, how do you choose? I, I can do that, exactly. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. <clears throat> um, and you can't take the, you know, first, you know, last hired, first fired approach because now you're treating the workforce like unionization and then you're just yep. really opening yourself up yep. for and You've been down that road, so you've seen it. So... Yes, yeah, so seniority means nothing on this. It's all about you got to look at it from a performance standpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was a good one, too. All righty. Well, I have yeah. another one here, too. I know you're um, on a roll. If I have an employee who gets injured and they're a veteran, should we send them to the VA hospital or just the regular hospital? Mm-hmm. Like, I just had a case recently. Uh, my father, who, I mean, he's a veteran, and he got stung by something. Right. What's the best way to handle that to make sure that all procedures are followed correctly? That's a really good question. And I mean, it's kind of a, it, it with you guys, because you are a family company it, in one sense, it makes sense, but <clears throat> here's, so I'll just give it to you straight. Let's take your dad out of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, which by the way, his father's feeling much better. <laughs> much better. Much better. He's great. His yeah. dad's <laughs> actually okay. So, so let's say for example, you have, so to start with, with just any type of workplace accident and there's an injury that is a result of it, with your workers' compensation insurance, which by the way, in the state of Virginia, you have to have, and if you don't have it, it's actually a criminal violation. So if you are listening to this and you have employees and you do not have workers' comp insurance, you need to go get it. So we'll just, I have it. So you have it, know. and you're criminally you're, <laughs> you're not busting any laws there. So, but what your workers' compensation insurance should be doing is providing you a list of at least two or three locations that your employees will be able to go to. Now, <clears throat> in this state, we have the ability to dictate where employees go for specific treatment. And they'll identify a hospital or a clinic or something um, like a physician's practice, general practitioner's location, uh, an emergency clinic, and a hospital in on one sheet of paper. And so if somebody were to get hurt, you send them to one of those three places, whichever is closest or whichever may be open, right? Whatever makes sense. But you want to do one of those three. So the reason being is that when you send an employee for a workers' compensation or an, or we'll just say a workplace injury, then they automatically, when they show up and, and you say this, you know, I got hurt while I was at work, they're automatically supposed to start billing under workers' compensation codes. And the reason that is, is because the state dictates how much a particular treatment is going to cost and what fees are permitted to be applied to regular medical practice versus workers' compensation. So I'll give you, for instance, years and years ago, I had a gentleman who uh, had a stroke, and um, he got hurt and wound up going to the hospital. His hospital, their physician has can charge the hospital which therefore the hospital can take that fee and apply it to the patient's bill for being able to have to do rounds in the hospital 
you cannot apply that fee to a workers' compensation claim. Now, the state handles all of that. You don't have to worry about any of that. Okay. So if somebody shows up and they don't either have paperwork from the employer or if the hospital or treatment facility is not notified that this is a workers' compensation claim, those fees can start to be applied to the patient's record. And it's a headache to get those things reversed. So not to mention, the cost is fixed. So an x-ray for a broken forearm may be slightly different than what on a workers' compensation claim is than what it is just for open practice. So one, you're taking advantage of what the state is permitting as far as fees assessed and because, um, you know, the state regulates insurance. <clears throat> and then on right. top of it, you're also protecting your employees from having additional fees assessed on them in the event that they actually go to an emergency room and that physician, you know, applies these things. So it's kind of interesting. But most importantly is that the employer owns that injury for the rest of that individual's life. <clears throat> so if it's a case of a broken bone and then there has to be surgery to reset it, you guys own the surgery, right? Okay, and so, yeah, yeah I, had a guy, <laughs> I had a guy a long time ago. He fell down and he broke his leg, his foot. His ankle or something. It was, it was his foot, I think. Anyway, went in and had surgery. So he was out for six months on workers' comp, came back, and I kid you not, six weeks later, he wiped out and he broke his wrist. Oh, my goodness. And then he was out Yikes. again. Yeah. And then he played this little game of the, oh, I don't know what's going on. And it's just like, dude, I get copies of all your reports. I know exactly <laughs> going on you know so and it was just it was a mess and so he went and got treated before anybody on the workers compensation side could make a determination as to whether or not it really was a work-related injury and it was it was a lot of back and forth on it so it was a little bit of a nightmare and he wasn't playing he wasn't playing nice which we suspect that he was running a gamut but we couldn't prove it and neither could the insurance company so the insurance company wound up paying his very high costly claim which means we own his injury forever um and then the other pieces is that we he kept asking for advice on how he should go and get treated and i said we can't tell you what you need to do <clears throat> and off the record between our little conversation, the reason why is that if the employer were to influence the employee to do something that's against the physician's orders and it's wrong, we're obligated to pay for it. So, yeah, it's a, let the insurance company do what the insurance companies are supposed to do. And in this case, with this guy, they had sent him to an, what's called an IME, an independent medical examination to try and determine whether or not he was trying to commit insurance fraud or not. And the only documentation available wasn't enough to make that determination. So again, we suspected it, but the process which permits us to be able to prove it or disprove it didn't work in our favor. I mean, it was, it was unconclusive, it was inconclusive. Right. And so, you know, the insurance company had to pay out the claim because there was no way that they could get any other information to, you know, to say, no, we think he's full of crap, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's so harsh. it is. And so when you're working with things under the workers' compensation guys, then you know what? The process is designed in a specific way 
that it either it, it's designed to help protect the employer from undue financial hardship but it's also designed to make sure that the employee's rights are being effectively cared for as far as the actual claim process goes and that they're getting you know the payments made out in time and stuff like that so let's say for example <clears throat> your dad went to the va well it's not even an example that's actually what happened now that's part of his medical record as a veteran and they're going to look at that I mean, the government kind of has a way of saying, you know, well, is it service related or not service related? Right. And let's say, for example, the VA pushes back and says, this is, you know, even though he gets lifetime treatment, I get that. But what happens if the VA says, no, this is a workers' compensation claim. We're not going to do anything for you. You know, I mean, the VA is going through an overhaul right now. Right. So the VA right. is really kind of cr crazy. I don't even know if the VA would accept a workers' compensation claim because it's not where the workers' comp underwriter stipulated that the employee should go for treatment. So I should have something for my workman's comp saying where my employees can go. Yes. Correct? Yes. Yep. And it's very simple. And you just say, That's we just happen need... tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt knowing you. <laughs> That'll be on yeah. the books. <laughs> no doubt. And then if somebody does wind up going for treatment, then, you know, if you send them or if you have to drive them, because I mean, let's face it, if somebody has an accident, you know, using one of your, you know, pieces of machinery, you're on the phone with Elaine saying, hey, listen, we're on the way to the hospital. This is going on. You know, Elaine can get in front of all of that and just say, you know, such and such is being seen. I have the insurance claim information for you, you know, and, and then she calls the insurance company and says, hey, listen, I need to process a claim. And they walk her through the process. And then, he, by the way, here's the billing contact at the hospital. Makes it a lot smoother. Right. Absolutely. Well, it's great to know for sure. I mean, just being that, you know, things happen all the time with, I mean, we're working with machines, like you said, we're underneath yeah. bushes, might get stung or something like that. So it's yeah, good to and know. Then your like dad, I said, I'll have yeah. a look tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your dad's case, it was biologic, right? So it was, it was an anaphylactic response to being bitten by something. Right. And um, you know, and when, if you have a situation, first and foremost, look, if the person is having a medical emergency, just get them treatment. I right. mean, worry about the details later, wherever right. the closest is. And, and, you know, in this area, the closest is not going to be one of the VA hospitals. It's going to be a regular hospital. So, yeah. But I mean, it's like, look, if there's a problem, just call 911. Just don't even hesitate. Just worry about that stuff later, because you got to, you got to make sure that you got an individual's well-being. Right. That needs to be addressed first. All this other stuff is just details. And that's why, you know, when you've got somebody who's in seat, in-house, who understands how these things go, you know, they'll be able to help you navigate through these things quite well. But if you don't, it's fine. You're going to learn real quick. <laughs> and it's <laughs> always going to be the same. That's the cool part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean. I get ready to call in a worker's comp claim and I've got all the information in front of me. I've got the employee's file. I got the incident record. Uh, you know, I've got the, uh, you know, the employee statement. I've already got, you know, my quick little off the top of my head, write down who I'm talking to, make sure I get the claim number. What's their contact information? You right. know, how long is it going to take for them to get the claim in place? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I already know what they're going to look for because I've done this I, I, twice and I guarantee you, you'll never forget it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, I'm sure things will happen. Just at, at some point in time, industry. they will. It's an industry. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you're you're working in an industry. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. What else do you got? Um. Did I tap you out? Uh huh. I tap you out because if I did, that's like an ultimate challenge yeah. right there. Yeah, you did actually. <laughs> beat me. Um, kind of. No. Oh, okay. Here we go. I got one. So. Oh, oh, it. No, yeah, so, so no, I um an employee who. So this is a question for you. So um, just if an employee is showing up at a. Uh, like at our shop, um, say five minutes early, five ten minutes early, or five ten minutes late, um, and they're signing in as in like so early. They're signing in early, even when or like if I ask them to do something. But then my question is, when they don't. Wow, I'm so sorry. I just lost everything I was saying. That's okay. When they show up early. <laughs> Um. Oh my goodness! I just went out my head. You're too young for this. I know. <laughs> this, it, this stuff happens at my age, man. It's just gone. Um, I know. Wow. So let's try it again. So you had an employee that shows up early, five so, ten minutes. Yeah. So he was showing up five. They... they were showing up five ten minutes early, and uh-huh. and clock in. Okay. Um. I, sometimes without my notice and sometimes with my notice telling them to clock in. Um, okay. The biggest, my biggest thing with that is like, you know, uh, you go through the warning process. You know? Well, let me ask you a question. Were they actually okay. working? So they, <laughs> honestly, they did one thing and then they stopped and then they were like, uh, they proceeded on their phone, which to <laughs> me, I was just like, well, you it's not working. In. Right. That's yeah. That's not working for me, and that's when I approached, you know, the employee. And now, I mean, it hasn't happened again, but in my, um, if that was to continue happening, what would be the right path on what to do? Is it like a warning, then a write-up, or what is the best option? So, so there's a couple of things to consider, and and again, this is going to be one of those situations where there may be a lot of variables to it. Um, so there are provisions under the department of labor that, um, what's called donning of equipment. So let's say, for example, let's say hypothetically, um, you require your guys to wear some form of protective suiting while they work on a specific job. So let's say, for example, they're spraying, you know, chemicals. If you get your license to spray. Right. And they're spraying chemicals and you require them to don safety gear and they're going to be doing it all day long. Right. Okay. So the donning of safety gear is actually deemed compensable time, which means that they that you as the employer are required to pay them for it. Okay. And if they, you know, take their gear off at the end of the day, then, you know, taking it off is also deemed at the end of their shift is deemed compensable as well. Right. Okay. So if it's a situation to where your guys are showing up at the shop 15 minutes early 
they've got their coffee in hand and they punch in and they're standing around talking, they're not doing any work. Therefore, it's non-compensable time. Okay. And so ultimately, if they do that over a period of time and they're not working, they're just kind of riding the clock, that actually could be construed as what's called theft of time. Okay. And so that's why managing your time is really important so that way you don't have people taking advantage of 15-minute, you know, little breakfast breaks before the day even begins. They do that five days a week, you know, right, <laughs> for a period of several months. It adds up. Right, exactly. And in some states, theft of time is now becoming a criminal offense. So, because it's, it's an asset. So, is that the same thing as in, like, so... Let, let's just touch on this for a second. So if a client tells me, hey, you know, I saw them sitting out there texting, not working. Now that becomes a he said, she said situation. How do you go about fixing something like that? Or is that just like, <laughs> like if the if my employee say, no, I wasn't on, I was mowing. And then like the, the client was saying, no, they were texting. They weren't mowing. I mean, obviously you give the benefit of the doubt to the customer. A customer is always right. Um, in the industry, it's just all business matters. But what what do you do to handle that, if that makes sense? So if it's repetitive behavior, so in other words, if you're getting the same complaint from multiple different sites, then you know you've got an issue. Right. And knowing right. you guys, you guys swoop in and take care of things really quickly. You don't. Absolutely. You don't. You don't. You don't <laughs> wait. <laughs> um, Time's you know, very you, valuable, like you said. <laughs> that is. But you guys are really good at you're you're good at setting the expectation and managing to it, and that's that's a lot of this, right? So you guys, you're already a, you're already ahead of that, and it's going to get more complex as you get more people. But this is part of your culture, and so you know if you have to have a conversation with somebody, and then they continue to do it, and continue to do it regardless of the conversations. I know I'm going to get a phone call. It's like, okay, I've talked to this person three times about doing this. I really just want to choke them, which I know is not lawful. And you're going to tell me I can't do it, but uh, they need to be written up. And I'll probably go, well, yeah, I I, I agree. (laughs) I just need everybody to know as listeners, that's exactly how the conversation would go. And she's not lying about any of that. No. <laughs> so I'm gonna, tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you something I did years ago. Oh my gosh, this and it was funny because the guy I was training to take over as my position, he was gonna be my successor. I had him in the middle of all of this, and we had a, a young lady. I was working in big box retail. We had a young young girl. She was probably about 20, 19 years old, and she was attached to her phone. And we had a strict law, or law, policy, my God, law, (laughs) policy that uh, cell phones were not permitted on the sales floor. Well, this was the, you know, this is, you know, smartphones are everywhere now. So they're easy, they're compact, and, you know, you just throw them in your pocket. So I found her sitting down in the middle of the store texting. And I walked up to her and I said, what are you doing? And she goes, nothing. And she kind of like tries to hide it. And I said, you're texting. I just sat down at the end of the, stood at the end of the aisle watching you text for about two minutes. And you're, you know, whatever it is you're doing, you need to put your phone away. So 15 minutes later, I walked by again and she moved to another spot of the store. And it just so happened that I walked by and sure enough, there she was texting. 
And I walked up to her and I looked at her again and I just stood there. She didn't even realize I was standing there again for like three minutes. <laughs> and then finally she looked up and she was startled. And I said, do you know how long I've been standing here watching you text? I'm like, what, what did you not understand before? And I was really irritated because it was very blatant. And then I said, you need to put your phone away because I don't want to see it again. 20 minutes later, I'm doing another lap in the store because I'm, I'm trying to get something done. And I see her texting one more time for the third time. And at this point, now I'm getting angry. I'm talking to an adult at this. And it's like, I, oh. so I go into the office and I go, Bill, <laughs> come here for a second. He's like, what? And I said, guess who's texting again? He goes, oh, yeah. He says, she does that a lot. And I said, I know. So we're going to put an end to it right now. And I said, this is what I want you to do. <clears throat> I took out a blank pad of paper, and our desk was always immaculate. I mean, there wasn't even any dust on it. So I took out a pad of paper, and I just started writing. I said, would you please go get her, bring her into the office. When she comes in, I just kind of want you to stay in the office and just back away, but act like you're doing something, but I want you to pay attention. Like, act like you're filling out a requisition or something. He goes, Okay. So I took my breath, got myself level-headed and cooled. <clears throat> she comes in, and she goes, what? Oh. Really? <laughs> okay. So I just sat there, and I was writing on this notepad like I was making a list. I think I was wearing, like, Mary Had a Little Lamb or something <laughs> stupid like that. And I'm just looking down at this, and I'm not looking up at her. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, how old do you think a human being is before they're fully capable of following instructions? And she goes, Three. And I said, do I need to say anything more? <laughs> and I would not look at her. I just kept writing what I was doing. And Bill's turning about 16 stages of purple because you couldn't believe it. <laughs> and then she's like, fine. I said, put it in your car or put it in your locker. So she went out. She put it in her car. Bill looks at me and goes, oh, my God, that was brilliant. And I said, I, I don't know what to say. I've told her twice already. We've caught her the third time. We know this is a problem. I said, sometimes, you know, you just have to get creative because obviously telling them is not the way to do it. Well, three days later, she handed in her two-week notice, and it wasn't a loss because she was a substandard employee. Right. After, after multiple attempts to get her on board, it's like, you know what? I don't have time for this. Absolutely. I'm not Absolutely. a babysitter. I get paid that's, well. I don't get paid that well. Uh, that's right. That's you know, and, and, I'm, and it's not meant to be a skull cracker or anything like that, but it's just like, at what age does a human being fully able to follow instructions? Right. She said three. <laughs> you You're said 19. three, but you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you have to get a little creative with stuff like that. And, um, you know, give them a lesson. And it's okay for people to feel the burn of a lesson. It's not okay for them to be humiliated by it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, you know, it, guys have different dynamics between men, right? You guys have, you guys operate differently. Women, we're very different. And so <laughs> I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a very long fuse when it comes to a lot of the you know, the drama that can be associated and the cattiness that can come just naturally with women. It's it's a different dynamic. Right. And there are girls out there that will just boo-hoo it and, like, menstrual cramp their way right through a situation. And, my gosh, my team would just send them to me, and I'd be like, there's some 
<laughs> take you got Tylenol and Midol. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're not take going your choice. Home. Come on. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's terrible, but but you know, I was an operations manager at the time, and I was tasked with all that stuff. That was my responsibility. So. Right. Right. I said, and you know, like, we supply you know, that for you. <laughs> right. That's well. That's the whole thing. Is uh, just like we've said before. I mean, time is everything. Time's money. In the end of it, I mean, being a business is- owner is if I have to waste a lot of time on you I can't waste the time for my clients and what I need to be doing to support myself and my business which then support comes stems down to support being able to make your paycheck and everything so if I'm not able to do what I've got to do because I got to babysit you like you said you know I'm not paid enough for that there's Right. time and place for that you know exactly it's not and, here though <laughs> yeah and you know and the other thing too is that <laughs> So you got a situation like that with somebody stealing time, but, um, you know, when you're actually, when you've got somebody that calls in frequently, so we had this one guy that would just like, listen to us, we're like swapping more stories here, but, um, I had this one guy that would call in Friday, he'd call out Friday sick. So he had Friday, Saturday, Monday, or excuse me, Friday, Saturday, Sunday out. He'd come back to work on Monday. And then he'd call out again the following Friday. And then he would call out on Monday. And then he'd work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then he'd come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then call out Friday. So he was always figuring out how to get a four-day or three-day weekend in, right, and only work a four-day week. Well, you know what? That kind of behavior actually made it difficult for us to get the units taken care of that we needed to get taken care of in order to make them available for the customers so you're taking away that you're taking away from productivity as well imagine if that was you and you had to dispatch your team to different uh different homes and all of a sudden you know you need a two-man team at at these you know five seven homes for the day and you know, now you're down to one, and how are you going to plug in that extra body? You know, oh, what I mean? he, that's easy. He's gone. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but the biggest thing is, I mean, I can find a replacement for that person. <laughs> that guy is gone. He's gone. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find your reputation, not your, your, um, your pattern. When you start doing that, I'm gonna see what you're doing real fast. Because yeah. it's not hard for me to find out. You want a three day week. And hey, you want a three-day weekend? How about I give you a seven-day week, and you don't have to work for me anymore? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 easy. I mean, I, that guy's just gone. I'd be able to. <laughs> I'd just be able to find someone else because obviously you don't want to work hard enough for that. <laughs> that's just that, that's a simple. That's a that's an easy case to win there. It's simple until they throw out at you. So I'm yeah. gonna teach you something here. Until you get thrown. Or somebody drops the medical card on you, or they say, I'm going to AA meetings, or they're they're pulling a stunt. And and sometimes it's yeah, sometimes that's... they're serious about it, right? But if they wind up putting themselves in a position where they're protected, you can't release them. So I mean right. you have to work with them, right? So but I agree with you. I mean it's well, we're gonna ask the some majority, questions. Yeah, yeah. The majority, you're gonna be calling me first, right? The majority <laughs> right. Yeah, we're make sure everything's me. legal, but we're gonna ask some questions <laughs> to get around these to make sure don't, things are really happening. Don't go scaring me on my own show, okay? No, is... I, I, I'm calling you first before I talk to any employee about anything. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we're, on, 
than not, they're just, you know, uh, they're they're underperforming, right? But right. you're going to get a small percentage of them when they, they're actually legit, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so do you have any other questions what else I, you've come up with some pretty good stuff today i i don't have any Does more you out? i think yeah i think you got me i think you beat me <laughs> until next time until next time which will probably be tomorrow but yeah. um <laughs> or thursday so well i look i really want to thank you for coming on would you please let people know if they're in the area here and want to take advantage of your services, how can they get a hold of you guys to get a quotation or find you on social media so that way they can see? Because you guys, I love your videos that you're putting out. They 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 put these videos out and they move at like top speed. I don't even know what speed you're you're playing them back in, but every time I see it, I keep thinking of like the Keystone Cops music in my head. <laughs> That's really fun. It's awesome. They do fantastic so, work. So how can people find you? So yeah, absolutely. So we do service Virginia Beach and Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, those are our two service areas. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at DeVost Lawn Care LLC. That's D-E-V-O-S-T Lawn Care LLC. That's on Facebook and on Instagram. And to get a free estimate, you can call us at 607-434-0112. And my office manager, Elaine, would love to help you and get you scheduled for an estimate for any of your lawn care needs, aeration, seeding, um, fertilizing. And we do shrub trimming, mulch. We do all your lawn care needs and then all your pretty much all your landscaping needs such as shrub trimming and whatnot so if you guys ever need anything be feel free to give us a call if you guys want the most you got to call the most <laughs> that's awesome well thank you so much again this has been fantastic and i think people are going to get a lot of a lot of good stuff out of this conversation today so thank you absolutely and i appreciate you of course inviting me and i look forward to hopefully doing another one at some point yeah Nage is great. Dallas is a fun interview. It was a lot of fun having him on the show. All right, so folks, I got a couple things for you. So first off, before I get into the announcements, I definitely want to give a shout out um, to Ben and Tim. Thank you so much for your comments on social media. I really do appreciate it. Um, Tim, hopefully looking forward to seeing you at one of the workshops. And Ben, as always, uh, you know, keep crushing it, my friend. Um, as, also, we talked in the episode about background screening and doing pre-employment background checks. So we have a new affiliate that joined the program. And we want to make sure that, you know, we're continuing to let you guys know that we have these services available or I have these things up on the website. So that way, um, these are notable companies. The goal is to provide you with 360 degrees of human resource support. And Contingency Group is one of those groups that can not only do pre-employment background check uh, screening work, but for those of you that are uh, looking at any type of executive protection, uh, they are specialists. So please make sure that you visit them, call them up, tell them Brenda sent you. And uh, to find their information, if you go to bestpractices.work, which is my webpage, click on affiliates, you'll be able to link up with Contingency Group. So I've got some announcements and some things coming down the pike. Um, we've got nine workshops <laughs> between September 1st and December 15th. So it's going to be really busy. You have two opportunities to attend 
the My Employee Smokes Pot workshop. First one is going to be, uh, there's two in September, and the second one that is available not only will be um, shown virtually, so for those of you who are not in the area, you can jump onto that one and take the virtual course, virtual version of it. Afterwards, you guys will be able to get an opportunity for those of you that are there in person with to do a very special meet and greet with U.S. Navy SEAL Jason Redman, and you'll be able to hear more about his Overcome program, how to get off the X, and he may even tell you about his new book that is coming out really soon. So that's going to be pretty awesome. Um, in October, we've got three opportunities to attend the Hiring Talent for Employers Workshop. In November, we have two opportunities to attend the Kicking Off a Successful New Year Workshop, which also will be broadcast virtually on the back half of the month. And Helping Grieving Employees Through the Holidays is the workshop that we're giving in December. Two opportunities, both live and virtual as well. So to find out when and where all of these things are taking place, visit bestpractices.org by clicking on the Events tab and then click on Register Today or Register for the Courses and you'll actually be able to see the events uh, showing up and where I'm going to be as well as being up in New York City uh, in November 14th and 15th for the Stevie Awards Women's Conference, uh, Women's Future Conference, which I'm going to be mediating a particular panel. So you guys, if you're interested in that, by all means, the information will be up on the website as well. Also, <clears throat> the HR University by Best Practice is up and live. We've got three courses on the website right now and it is open for business. Right? The library of online courses is designed to help bring the practical and current human resource knowledge to those practicing in the HR field who may not necessarily have access to different types of forms of education and information. Uh, the course con uh, content ranges from basic compliance to covering the more complex challenges in the industry. So the most recent course we have is the Understanding Generation Z uh, and that was a lot of fun to do. We've also got hiring talent for employers. Like I said, we've got the workshops there, but if you can't make the workshops, we do have this on as an online course. And then we have the American with Disabilities Act for employers as well. Now don't forget, when I release a course, there is a special called the 5 for 50, which is 50% off for the first five days after the course is released. Once the new course the new course discount expires, it's going to go back to its regular price. So take advantage of those special offerings by clicking the HR University at the top of the bestpractices.org website when those courses come out. But you know what? These courses are very reasonably priced as well. So we're going to wind up having the My Employee Smokes Pot workshop converted into an online course as well. Um, we're probably going to do a higher uh, kickoff for successful new year and how to help grieving employees as well. So if you can't make the workshop, you can attend the virtual, likely you'll be able to actually participate at some point in time using uh, the HR University by Best Practices website. Also, if you guys are looking for the books, I have got two books out. One is called Holy Cow, I Have to Complete an I-9. The other one is called Holy Cow, I Have to Talk to My Boss. And the I-9 book is designed to accompany the USCIS M274 instruction booklet on how to actually like fill out the I-9, retain it, and what to do if you find yourself in a position where you're going to be audited. The How to Talk to My Boss book is where I really share four rules to building a better relationship with your boss. 
So click on shop at the top of the bestpractices.org website where you can pick up your copy there as well. And I'm very interested to hear what your questions are. I mean, we've had some really great questions come in lately. And you can submit your questions on the website by clicking on the podcast link from the menu. And down towards the bottom of that page, you'll find a submission form for you to post your question, which I may be able to read and answer on an upcoming episode. So today we've got an interesting question. I'm not really quite sure if it's coming from inside a company like a practitioner or if it's an employee that sent it in but I thought it was interesting and I and I think it's it's something that we kind of talked a little bit about during the interview itself but I, I wanted to elaborate on it so the question is this why do so many big companies prefer to let their employees work overtime rather than increasing the number of employees or finding more suitable employees <clears throat> that's a really fair question so it's not even big companies, it's small companies too. So if, if you have a workforce, everybody's going to be faced with this. And, you know, overtime is very expensive, but it's also equally expensive, if not a little bit more, to spend the time recruiting, hiring, enrolling employees and benefits, training them, working to help them get to a point of proficiency, only to turn around and let them go. So from a bottom line business standpoint, look, overtime is a controllable expense and it makes sense to be able to permit overtime because the impact to the bottom line is not going to be as significant as it is to bringing in a new employee. In addition to that, you also want to make sure that you're in a very responsible manner, that you're managing your workplace volume of employees. So you don't want to have a lot of ups and downs. You don't want to have self-inflicted turnover. Turnover is very costly, exactly for the reason why I outlined before. It's expensive to hire people. It's expensive to recruit people. It's expensive to pay for people's benefits. You got payroll involved and it's expensive to terminate them as well. So it's expensive. <laughs> so, so when you're looking at controllable expenses and really making sure that you're managing your cash flow well, and your assets, how everything is going to uh, impact your P&L statement for the month, the quarter, the year. You know, this is an area that is very controllable. And sometimes it's even prudent to contract some work out to individuals. So you may not necessarily want to put somebody on payroll. You may just have a project that says, here, I'm going to give this to you. I need you to fix this problem I have. And now you have a negotiated rate at some point and a business agreement. So um, there's a number of different ways how employers can address, you know, managing payroll, managing those dollars that are connected to the workforce. But that's really the reason why. And, you know, it's funny. I live and die by a rule. And my old, I had an old boss that taught me this. And I have never forgotten it. And I use it all the time. In the absence of information, people make stuff up. And so a lot of people seem to think that overtime is one of those things that, you know, employers can tend to drill into people and, you know, it's not fair. But you know what? If you're an hourly employee, you're getting compensated for it. And if you're a salaried employee, your salary takes that into account <clears throat> that there are going to be expectations and your compensation package is formulated to be able to provide wages for work. So, um, so it was a good question. 
So if you guys have questions, please submit them to me. You guys are welcome to go ahead and hit me up <clears throat> online. You can actually submit your questions online. You can also follow me and everything and all my shenanigans that I'm up to. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You can also find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube under Brenda Neckfaddle. And my name is spelled N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. And again, you can always hit me up at the website at bestpractices.work. But when you go on, make sure that you jump on the mailing list so that way you can get the latest and greatest of what's going on delivered right to your inbox sometimes before anybody else knows what's going on. So be the first. <laughs> so I really appreciate you guys Jump back on the show again. Thank you again. It's been another fantastic episode. I'm super excited to hear what you guys think about this. And... Um, you know what? Stay tuned. we got some other really cool stuff coming down the pike in the next couple of months. Before, holy cow, we wrap up yet another year. I can't even believe next week is September. I'm just blown out of the water. The kids are already back in the school again. So it was like, where did the summer go? Which is usually the answer, the question I ask on an annual basis anyway. So thanks again, guys. And I will catch you next time around.